Welcome to True and Unpolished. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, amuse, and inspire you to create more of a life you'll love. Let's get authentic, everybody. Oh my goodness. Do you know who is here with us today? No. Yeah, right. I can't hear you. Um, I'm going to pretend that you said no. Who? And then I'm, this is my line. It's Susan, y'all. Susan is back. Susan is back. (laughs) And I haven't seen uh, her since the last time. And uh, she, her face came up on the Zoom screen. And my, Mary and I both, like our smiles, like just went up and our faces lit up because that is the kind of gal you are. You don't even have to be in the room. Well, thank y'all. It's good to be back. So today, uh, I think we're going to talk about spiritual practices and finding joy in them. And I think Mayor has a story for us. What you got, Mayor? What I wanted to talk about is, you know, spirituality and spiritual practices can become so melancholy, which is a, a term a, a state of mind that I'm very familiar with. But it doesn't have to be. So I wanted, I wanted Susan to come kind of talk about like having fun in our spiritual practices. I don't know that anybody would call dumpster diving a spiritual practice, but what I think is when we are in community and we are approaching anything that we do with a joyful, lighthearted spirit, then that is a spiritual practice. Amen. And I bring up dumpster diving because my now 15 year old daughter, she was probably what, nine at the time she had decided that she wanted to go dumpster diving. We had read an article and learn that, you know, you could go dumpster diving and find all these cool things that in, in dumpsters. So I was telling Susan about it and she was like, that sounds amazing. (laughs) And I like recruited her to go with my 15 year old or nine year old at the time daughter and I the final results were not that great, but the <laughs> adventure was amazing. Yeah. And it was because of that lighthearted spirit. And so Macy is in the dumpster walking around because Susan has lifted her up there and <laughs> is, and then has climbed up there with her. And so the two of them are up in the dumpster oh, walking God. around and I am just standing on the sidelines <laughs> Um, but this is the thing. This is what she does. She doesn't live on the sidelines. And I swear Macy brings it up at least a few times a year. When are we going to go dumpster diving with Macy calls her mommy Susie. She hates the nickname Susie, but, um, I like to call it. And and so Macy added the mommy to it. You, Susan, is it you that hates the nickname? Okay. You don't like that nickname. Got it. Yeah. I mean, hate's a strong word. Right. Yeah. 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 Strongly dislike. But (laughs) I just earned the favor with the Mary Caroline as many times as I can. Isn't that right, Mary Caroline? That is correct. (laughs) Nice. Good one. As I was listening to you tell that story, Mary, I was trying to ask myself, would I do that now? Because definitely 
for the vast majority of my life that the answer would be no. So I'm trying to sit with it and see if I do it. And I was like, maybe I would. And then you said they got up in the dumpster and I like cringed because I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, darn, I'm not I'm not free spirited enough. So, Susan, how do you do that? How do you get to be free spirited like that? Well, I it's so weird that this is I wasn't sure what story you're going to tell, Mary. And the story that I kind of wanted to tell was um, about you know, as a little child, my parents took me up to Franklin, um, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and we did the, now I've done a, a bunch of, in a bunch of different places, but the, the gym mining experience, uh-huh. the yes. dirt, and you put it in the sieve and the water comes through and that was revelatory for me. I mean, truly like revealing like the the water coming through and the treasures being revealed like that was the best thing I've ever done. And I think that dumpster diving is like that. You, you know, maybe it's a treasure. Maybe you're going to get tetanus. You're not sure what you're going to get, but at the end of the day, we got a pickle bucket. Um, <laughs> van smell like pickle for a really long time. The only right. thing- minivan is a minivan that smells like pickles um and a mannequin arm oh these are all right. very useful things right to and some christmas lights which i i actually put in my christmas display the dumpster diving story is definitely unpolished i think that can definitely serve as our unpolished story mary and i were talking about gemstones and beading and um and crystals and stuff like that as as a spiritual practice. And when I was little and did that kind of mining, I kind of fell in love with rocks and stones. Mm. Um, and I remember one time in, in school, my teacher called me a rock hound. <laughs> and I terrible. I was like, Ooh, what, what is that? But, and all the kids laughed. Susan's a rock hound, but um, oh. I, that kid at the end of the day that ended up with a bunch of rocks in my pockets um, and my mother used to tell that story, you know, that at the end of the day, she had to really be careful with my pants because there's no telling what was in the pockets. And she was telling that story to my wife who said, oh, that hasn't changed at all. You have to really <laughs> these in the pockets. You can't just throw her jeans in the wash. You really got to there to see. Um, and that made me feel really good because I think in the middle of those two times in my life, um, probably about 10 or 15 years ago, just was going through a really hard time of, of burnout. I was teaching school and I was not doing it in a really balanced way. Um, was just kind of over-functioning and overworking and, um, was doing what would be the, the most fun job. I was an elementary school drama teacher. Um, but I got really into the grant writing part of it and the administrative part of it. And I kind of lost sight of my fun mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't having, I wasn't having fun and a lot of energy was going out, but a not, not a lot of energy was coming in. So I started really, I think I was reading the artist's way um, at that time. I think I knew I was desperate to make a change. And um, I think in doing that work, I was just reminded to go back and, and to think about what really gave me a lot of joy as a kid. Um, to kind of uncover that. So I started 
um, remembering that I liked rocks and gemstones. And I think there's a part of being an adult. It's like, yeah, but that was, that was for being a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not for now. You know, that's not for now. Now is about taxes and bills and carpooling and being up a third time. And, um, but I, I, I don't know. I think I was at a pretty desperate spot where I just said, I, I would like to have more fun. I would like life to be more fun. So um, a woman, uh, Kay Strickland, who is the um, wife of the man who is the Episcopal priest of my church taught us this wonderful um, contemplative arts practice. Um, we did some coloring, but one of the practices she um, did was beading. And I had, you know, beaded as a child, but I made that first bracelet and was just hooked and said, this combines my love of gemstones and it's just a nice, gentle, wonderful, fun practice that I didn't get real perfectionistic about that I could just love and enjoy. And I've been doing that ever since. And I think it comes from that, that place of, of uncovering stones and getting your hands dirty and, Um, I really kind of attribute a lot of recovery for me, a lot of ceasing of suffering to the practice of beading and um, crystal work and stuff like that, just because it's fun and it it connects me to that little person who doesn't have so many expectations. Yeah. Well, the work of becoming self-aware of, you know, uncovering our spirituality, um, you know, at times it can feel like you're walking through mud because you're bringing up all the stuff you need to get rid of. And it occurs to me that that is why you need to find your fun. You need to find Mm -hmm. something that's fun and recognize that fun in and of itself is a spiritual practice. Like you, whatever it is that you like, whatever's fun, you know? And, And I think you bring up such a great point, Susan, to go back to your childhood and go, when, you know, when was I happy? Like, look back there. What were you doing? And I'm so grateful to have my boys because my mom and my sister, my niece were just here and they said, you know, they're just, they're contagious. Like their fun is just totally contagious, the two of them together. So I think being with them is a good spiritual practice for me. Well, one of the things that I was just kind of thinking about is, and I, I'm sure Susan, you can speak to this too. Um, I'm sure both of you can, but what I was thinking about is, you know, the people who would say, well, I didn't have a happy childhood. My, I, I can't even remember my childhood. My childhood was traumatic and horrible. What do these people do? How do they um, find the joy I can remember whenever I was little, we had a pond across the street and we'd go swimming in that pond. We had this saran, I mean, a concrete table right by the road, far away from my house. And I, my, I grew up in a house that was a little chaotic. And so, um, I, I spent a lot of time kind of alone doing creative practices And I remember going and digging up clay on the bank of the pond and sitting at that table 
away from everybody just by myself and I would spend hours making stuff out of that clay when I work at the um in a group therapy setting um in the hospital system here there's a lot of folks that report not either remembering their childhood or not having much happiness but almost everybody can tell a little story about that just you know some place out usually outside you know or um some imaginary play activity that they did that made them feel safe um or even if it's not a memory it was a, a wish i wish i had been or um i always wanted to go fishing or i always wanted to go to the pet store mm -hmm. um some some wish but but to go back to childhood to look for it because our adult wishes are generally you know i wish for no traffic and i wish for a low power bill and our, those wishes are not as fun sometimes but you know those wishes i always wished you know to be on the you know i we didn't have a stream near our house so streams to me were just you know sitting yes. on the a body of water and playing in it you know i have a lot of memories of like playing underneath like oak trees in the fall and like building little houses with twigs and acorns and leaves and like making little villages yeah. and there yeah. have been some my adult life where I have gotten really overwhelmed with all the adulting and I've just gone right out into my yard and sat down under a tree and just messed with some acorns for a second. What you're pointing to is and what Mary did and then what when as you were talking I remembered there was a stream it was like this hidden little stream it was really a ditch <laughs> but at the time it was like this enchanted place where a tree had fallen and you know all this and so I remembered that and I think too, you know, what's important, I think, to remember, especially for those of us who had trauma early on, you know, um, had those hard childhoods, I think that it's important to remember that joy is who we are. So we're not actually uncovering something that we've never had. We're, we're uncovering something we are, that we've been. Yes. And so you know, doing the work of spiritual practice, you know, being committed to um, bringing up that stuff and getting rid of it is, is going to uncover your joy naturally, you know, your sense of fun, your sense of adventure. Because I remember seeing, you know, somebody and thinking, I just admired her so much. I wanted to be her because she laughed easily and often and she like could take a joke and she just seemed so carefree. And then much later, I realized after, you know, a decade of uh, self-awareness, spiritual work, I realized I was laughing. Somebody made fun of me. I was laughing and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm her. I did it. I'm her. But I didn't do it by trying to become her. I did it by, you know, uncovering. So joy is who we are, right? I think that's really true. Yeah, it was true. There's a truth. There's hashtag truth. Here we go. Truth. I spent <laughs> some time this weekend with um, a baby cousin and just was really struck by how much joy and delight. Just she's just learned to clap and she just would clap and they're excited and want everybody to clap and had created the the cause and effect of I clap and all these grown ups like smile and clap too. So to clap and 
look at us and just um, doesn't have to be complicated. You know, it does it. In fact, I think when we complicate it, some of the joy, because I, I definitely as an adult, I, I can go to a joy practice and will complicate it with perfectionism or over preparation. And I'll suck all the joy right out of this thing I was going to do. Cause oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I must just the right paints and just the right paper to do this thing. And then the day is over and all I did was buy things on Amazon and didn't paint. So um, I think That's the what simple- Mary's encouraged me to do is that letting go of that perfectionist thing. Uh, and we're doing an art challenge where we're doing an altered book and on purpose, like I could hear in my ear, I said, I could hear her saying, don't do this perfectly, like do it badly. Don't, you know, let it go. And so it was really, you know, a fun thing, just trying not to be good. <laughs> such a great perfectionism te- or anti-perfectionism teacher. Yeah. He's, Remember yeah. the time that I went around in a group season and I um, gave everybody a, 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 a blank circle to do a mandala and then I just mar- made a mark on every circle. <laughs> nice. So that was the day we were practicing radical acceptance. And and I remember being in that group as a co-facilitator as well, not even a co-facilitator. I was there to document, but I was not actually helping, but um, a lot of art therapy sessions. I was like, um, remember that you're here to document, but I would have, I would get right into it. But that was the hardest one is that there was already a mark on it. I wanted to erase it so bad or mm-hmm. we're incorporating. can't even incorporate. You just have to let it, let it be, let it be. Um, over the weekend, my, my wife and I've just renovated our house and we were putting out things like all of our tchotchke and um, knickknacks. And we have this beautiful little ceramic disc that says acceptance um, that we bought at a little gift store and it broke um, in the move and she put it on a table broken and slid it so that the pieces didn't go perfectly together and I was like please let me fix it yeah the irony of that the whole point that's the whole point I was like yeah and I think we're gonna probably have a joke where I slide the pieces back together and she slides slides them away so she's she's my teacher too for sure yes well, that's yeah. a spiritual practice too. Looking at our okay. partners and saying, what are you here to teach me? You know, and that is a joyful practice that you guys do together. Yeah. So how are we going to create oh, more? Yeah. So I feel like we've been talking about this the whole um, time, you know, I mean, I feel like we've given lots of ideas and one of the things that I want to say um that, that I, I think that has helped me and is a skill that I teach that is that I call the piggy bank skills. So we're always putting in to our piggy bank positive emotional experiences so that we can tolerate the difficult, painful times in our life. And one of the aspects of the skill is that uh, to recognize that joy doesn't come knocking on our door it's (laughs) up to us to create it Mm 
Mm. So, and that, and that's not always the truth. I mean, that's not always true. Sometimes it does appear, but if we sit around waiting for life to make us happy and joyful, then we may be waiting a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think just kind of recognizing that life, life is hard. Mm-hmm. I think it is hard. And I, you know, after years of spiritual practice, I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Life is still hard. Yeah. Like I thought it was going to be easier once I was, you know, more evolved or whatever, but it's not, it's hard. Um, and so choosing joy. And that's what, you know, creating more is all about is making the choice. And I I wanted to jump in with that to say that that's something that I think in the work that you and I did, Mary, together, when we were working together at the mental health center, um, we learned like that intentional or Mary taught us that intentional joy to not wait for the fun fairy to sprinkle fun in your life that you have to go and find it. and. Um, later, when I worked at the, the hospital setting, we would do daily goals and affirmations. And um, each day, the clients in the group would, well, and they still do, come up with like a, a good goal to get them through to the next day. And often, people who are coming in with a lot of depression or anxiety are the, the goals are all very heavy and not any fun. Say, so I'm known as the fun Nazi there because I say, you know, you. <laughs> got to have some fun um you 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 know the chances of us recovering from depression and anxiety without fun in our life are they're pretty slim non-existent Um, pretty much yeah that if we if our plan is to like push and bully ourselves into feeling better that's probably not going to happen so to put some joy in every single day um when i make bracelets um and sometimes you know, there are days that are hard, like you're saying, Mary, that it's just, it's all feels like a slog. But if there's like 15 minutes that I can sit down and make a bead bracelet and maybe be still and quiet while I do it, or also maybe watch the Great British Bake Off when I do it, um, you know, then (laughs) that's some fun. That's like some, that sweetness that, that, that you always talk about, Mary, allowing that sweetness to be, um, a part of your life I think it's things I work with I think frequently are waiting for fun to be delivered you know right well I'm saying yes when fun knocks on does knock on your door because that's another thing we invited you to go dumpster diving and you know most people would be like hell no that is not (laughs) happening you know like what Lydia said but you know having that spirit of yes I would love to do this and I think a lot of suffering comes from that thought of I've tried that it doesn't you know it doesn't work or here's non-reasons why that won't work and and sometimes for people who are deeply depressed and anxious doing doing the the act that used to bring them joy but doesn't bring bring them joy yet that's a, a tremendous commitment to say um, if I'm having anhedonia where I just can't feel joy, I'm just going to keep doing the thing over and over again mm-hmm. with faith that the joy will return. Yes. Um, and that's yeah. hard, um, yeah. very hard. I, I, for me, 
when I first started doing beads and gemstones, it was in a pretty dark time in my life. And I had a lot of negative, like, this isn't going to be any fun. This is not going to be. And it just slowly over time broke me open. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I love the way you're saying that slowly over time, it broke you open because that's it. Because the joy is in you, you know, we are that. And so mm-hmm. it broke it open, you know, yeah. that commitment to, okay, I'm going to trust. Uh, and for me, I've, when I, I recently, um, Susan, Marion already knows this, and I know I've told the story, but I want to say that I think it's a really, it's been very helpful to me uh, while navigating some really tough stuff right now. Um, but I, so I got a tattoo of a lotus um, and it was, I wanted to do that because I wanted to say, okay, I'm walking through the mud right now. Like it's mucky, you know, but no mud, no lotus. Uh, and you know, that is, I did a painting workshop with my friend, Stacy, um, Parrish on that and I, it stuck with me. And so when I went to get this tattoo, I, it hurt, you know, it hurt, it hurt to get a tattoo, but I didn't suffer because I chose the hurt, you know, and reminding myself that there's an end, you know, like the Lotus will be finished. And I chose it and that helps because that's what happens is, well, sometimes we get in this cycle of suffering over our suffering and mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it, yes. it's impossible to get out of that until you decide, okay, if I'm suffering, I'm just going to choose it. Um, yeah. And I think it's also important as we're wrapping up to just say there are days where in moments where you know, I don't do this. I can't find this within me. You know, it's a hard day. It's a hard year. It's a hard month. So I think that it's important to say that we're not saying these things from on high, like not experiencing this stuff. Like we're saying, because these are the tools we use, like literally the tools we use probably before we started this episode. <laughs> so just, so it's me too, everybody, me too. And you know, I think this is a time of, of pain right now, honestly, yes. you know, when you say life is hard, I think part of the reason why it's hard is because this is a hard time to be a human being. And so we got to recognize that and recognize that every single person that we see is having a hard time. You know, we remember that in the beginning. You know, in the beginning of all this madness, I, of course, try to unpack that and find out where it began. But what I'm talking about in the beginning of this shutdown pandemic stuff, that was really just the beginning of all kinds of other stuff. Uh, but it was everybody's having a hard time, you know, like just get it. Everybody's having a hard time. And so we got to remember everybody's having a hard time. Yeah, everybody is. So I, I would just say, uh, remind everybody about the challenge again, because, um, we're, and, and the, and Lydia mentioned it before, um, we're posting on Mondays. I'll post on Mondays, the, the latest, um, instructions for the challenge. And we're, we're only on the, the second week. So it is definitely not too late to join it. And that could be something sort of like walking through the mud and, potentially fun so we're doing um 
you know, some of it's a little murky and muddy. And then um, the, the, the end result we're, we're going for is, is some fun um, through, through that process. So, yeah. And so y'all do it because Mary, like, especially those of you who can't find the fun, do it. Mary, Mary is the fun fairy knocking on your door (laughs) saying, come, let's do this. So just trust her, you know, trust that this is going to be fun. Like, you know, do it just like Susan and her beads and let's see if it can break you open. What do you got to lose? You're already set. Thank you for being here, Susan. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. We're grateful for you. You have been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next.